The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Gabby Reese Show. It's all an experiment. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the show and Happy New Year. My guest today is yours truly. It's just me. You know, it's the new year. My birthday's coming up. It just is a very reflective time in general, I think, for all of us being the holidays. With COVID, I think we're all sort of looking at things. And I did sort of chunk things out into talking about relationships and self-care and parenting. Bear with me if you don't have kids. You can either fast forward or, you know, maybe take a glimpse into the future. I talk about business and and just some other things that have been on my mind. Because I, I always say that I feel like if it's on my mind, it's on your mind. If it's on your neighbor's mind, it's probably, you know, what a lot of people are thinking about. So... I hope, you know, you're okay with my second attempt at a solo podcast. And um, I I mean, one thing's for sure is I definitely didn't cut myself off. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show. I decided uh, this will be my second podcast by myself. I'm always reluctant to do these because I fear being repetitive or, you know, just not organized in my thoughts, but yet I don't construct it so much that um, it's read, even though I've heard some podcasts lately that I'll get into that they've been doing that and they're reading their essays and I find it amazing. But anyway, by the time this podcast comes out, I will be two days shy of my birthday. And, um, I thought, what the hell? Why not? We're in the new year. I will start it off. I'll be my first guest. I'm a cheap date. And I just sort of thought I'd go through right now going through COVID and kind of break up areas of whether it's self-care or parenting and, you know, just what I've been up to. So, you know, I've been thinking a lot about like, how am I feeling? Because I'm, I imagine like, however I'm feeling is how all of you are feeling in, you know, we're just not that different in the versions of how COVID's impacting us. I know that, you know, it's been pretty combative with people and I, I generally don't approach things that way. I usually try my best to be reasonable and to look at all the sides and, you know, to approach people that are maybe they're angry or they're scared with just more understanding and more empathy. And that's not to say I don't have an opinion It's just, I feel like it's really important for if you can, and I can, because for example, my job is really strange and I can do it anywhere. That gives me an opportunity to have a little distance being, you know, married to Laird who has the ability to always see things in a very specific way, very different than me, helps ground me. And and so with COVID, I, I just sort of thought, okay, we're in a transition, you know, and we're, we're going to be, the world is going to be different after this. And instead of thinking, oh, I'm on hold 
And, um, you know, when am I going to have to stop wearing this mask? I have maybe like four or five months into COVID, I was like, oh, wait a second. No, why don't I look at this differently that we're, we're shifting into a, into a new reality, whether it's we're going to be working more from home, maybe and hopefully there's a greater focus on health and self-care and the real importance of that. And even, you know, if like you go deeper into some of the food businesses, you know, and some of those practices, it's like, yeah, why is that okay? And so I look at all of this transition as, as maybe um, that uncomfortable time that we come to the next. And I'm, I'm pretty sure based on, you know, all of the things I've been hearing and reading, you know, we'll, we'll be in this, you know, at least another year ish. And then, you know, does the economy take another two years, you know, to recover? I'm certainly not a, you know, economist or a scientist, but it just seems like that. And what really helped me was for a long time, I felt like I was on hold and now I'm looking at it differently. Like, okay, how do I function in this new norm? And again, I, I want to acknowledge the fact that I'm fortunate that, um, my job allows me to do that. So I, I just really want to keep that at, at top of the story. But I think that all of us on some level can, can look at it that way because there's something of a bit of relief when you do that, right? Now I'm learning how to, how can I try to grow or build myself and my businesses in this environment and in this climate? How do I have my relationships, my friendships? I have some friends I haven't seen for a super long time. And even that, it's like saying, okay, well, what does that look like visiting them? And and like all of you, you know, I've done a big edit. You know, you start to realize like maybe certain things won't go back to normal, not only in the world, but just even in my own life. And I, I think that that's been an important time. I, it has been a very uh, interesting time in my marriage and that, you know, Laird and I have always spent a lot of time together, but you know, there's something really unusual about spending that much time together. And, you know, this year we celebrated our 23rd wedding anniversary and um, we've been together for 25. And, you know, I talked about it earlier, but I just developed a few more skills to make this easier. And one was just giving that room to both of us, not just to Laird. I'm not doing, you know, I, I have my own stuff but giving room to my feelings and to my reactions and giving him more space to have his feelings. And uh, we had an interesting thing happen the other day. Um, we're finishing building a home. We've owned the property for literally like 23 years. My house, by the time you hear this, it'll probably be like a week or two, you know, touch wood. If uh, from being done, it's, it's, you know, I always say I can turn the gas on right now and, you know, cookie breakfast, but um, we just, you know, it's those last minute things. And, you know, Laird and I, I think part of the reason that we've worked really well as a couple is we have really different strengths and we both naturally gravitate towards them and, and we can support each other and help each other. And it's like, oh, I'll take that, put that on my plate and you do that. Well, I'm not going to lie. We, we like ran to Kauai before it shut down uh, right at the end of November. And a lot of the work around the house that has to get done is kind of heavy duty. It's like dump trucks and excavators and telehandlers. And it's like stuff I don't operate. And Laird does all of it. So the other day <laughs> he came home and I had made dinner 
again, these are choices, right? Like nobody's making me and nobody's making Laird, but I choose in our silent agreement that like, hey, after you've busted your ass all day working, when you get home, I'll have dinner ready. So he asked me and it was a, it was a Saturday and he said, uh, oh, okay, so what did you do for the rest of your day? And um, I generally am pretty easygoing, but there is a part of me that I, I do, like all of us, I, I don't really want to be questions and I, questioned and I certainly don't want to be questioned by my partner. You know, it's like sometimes I get corralled in with the girls, you know, like he'll be like, okay, Brody, do this, Reese, do that. And then he's like, Gabby, and I'm like, oh yeah, no, no, no. Like I'm, I'm your partner. I'm not one of your, one of your girls. So, but having said that, I'm not like the most combative person. However, I have learned through the years to try to communicate succinctly and long before I'm upset because I always feel like if I wait so long and then I'm finally upset, it's really about the emotions and it's not really about the point. It usually escalates into something I never meant it to be. And, and so, um, and, and quite frankly, 20 years ago, Laird and I were almost divorced because of part of that was because of that mechanism in me that didn't want to communicate that didn't want to be vulnerable, that didn't want to deal with the combat. And Laird's always like totally willing to be out there. So I, after that, I learned like, Oh no, you're going to have to speak up. So he comes home and, and um, you know, Laird is a, a very intense or emotional, passionate person. And I like, I really like it. Like it makes life interesting and we're it's like, there's movement and growth and learning. But the other side is that is like, you have to kind of weather somebody who has definitive feelings just about everything. And normally, you know, I, I do that well. So he comes home, he's been like chattering around on an excavator and, and one of those like pa- uh, packers, like the things that roll gravel and, you know, down. So, it, you know, this stuff, it's tough. You know, I give people who, who sit in those things all day long, a lot of credit, but so comes in and, and uh, questions me about like the rest of my day. And I had spent some time with our youngest daughter um, who is completely blowing me off right now. I'll, I'll, I'll share that with you later. She's 12. It makes sense. And I, and I got the tinge of like, Oh, so what did you do? Like I've been digging dirt and, moving rocks and, you know, doing stuff. And I had gone down also into the garage where we have a bunch of our stuff packed up. And really the next move is going to be into the new house. So when I went down there, my tendency would be like to busy myself. And then I realized like, you know what, I'm in a place in my life right now where I want to do things, you know, more streamlined for me. And my nature is to, is to grind everything out. But I'm learning like, I'm not going to kill myself if I don't have to just to justify that I work hard, right? Or that my partner's working hard at this moment. So I have to do the same thing. So I came in, I kind of looked around, I did, I scanned the inventory of the barn. I was like, yeah, there's nothing for me to do right now, unless I'm going to do it for real, which is to move into the big house. And we can, I can do that for a couple of weeks. Okay. So I split and, um, and I served Laird his dinner and I picked up on the nuance of what he was saying. And I said, Hey, you know, every day isn't going to be fair. And he's like, what do you mean? And I said, well, like, I don't drive those machines. And that's part of what's getting done right now. And today, and maybe for these, this last week, even, you are going to be working harder than me in this way. And um, it was really interesting because he was quiet. And he, and I, I didn't say it mean, I, I really said it pretty close to how I, I'm saying it to you guys. 
And he said, well, that's not what I, I, I'm saying. I go, yeah, but I can feel it. Like I can feel that you're sort of thinking, well, why is Gabby, you know, Lottie dying? And I'm over here shaking my brains out. And you realize too, that that idea of a representation, think of a baseball team, you know, it's like the pitcher's touching the ball and working his butt off and has all this stress. And maybe the outfielder sees two or three balls in the game. But I realized you know, kind of at this time, like, I don't want to be apologetic for the times that I'm not working as hard as someone else if it's not my time to work. Like, believe me, when it's my time to go and it's, I'm on, I will, you know, I will sit in a chair and grind it out and, you know, finish everything. Or if it's training or writing curriculums or whatever it is, I will do it until it's done. And um, that was actually a first time experience for me because I've never kind of said something to Laird about what I understood he was feeling, but he didn't say, because normally he just says, normally he's like, you know, comes out with it. And this time I was like, oh, I understand what he's feeling and I'm going to address it. And it was really smooth. I mean, quite frankly, uh, there was no combat and I think he didn't feel attacked But somehow I was like acknowledging what he was feeling, like, what the hell? (laughs) Like, this feels really unfair. Is she playing and I'm over here working? And it was really great. And has it taken me 25 years to do this? It it has. And And I tried to flip it and think, well, what would I do if somebody really intuitively understood what I was feeling, whether that was right or wrong? You know, that's that's the thing about feelings. And I've actually learned this from Laird. It isn't about that our feelings are right or wrong. It's just that our that these are our feelings. And how do we, you know, have somebody who allows us to feel it, acknowledges it, and doesn't punish us for that? But also we have to be accountable. Like Laird can't mistreat me because, you know, of his own frustration. So I think it's right, it's that constant thing of understanding, empathy, and boundaries. You know, it's it's making sure in a healthy, loving, it doesn't always have to be combative, but it, I think being firm is important. And it's been interesting as a female to learn how to be firm and still loving. It, it's hard for me to do, but um, I feel like I'm getting there. So, you know, I think for us, it's, we've, we're in a pretty good rhythm, um, but it's just giving each other the room. And and, fr- and quite frankly, like, this is a person who, you know, as a lot of you know, Laird's job, part of his job, which is weird, is to go ride waves. And does he love it? He does, just about more than anything. And so this is his job, but it's his passion. It's part of his mission. And there are times where, I'm not kidding, he can come home from a trip where he got to surf for maybe three, four days. Not only is there, like, a come down. And I wouldn't liken it to a PTSD, but there's something when you go that at that high of a level, I think a snowboarder could relate, a rock climber, maybe a firefighter who comes out of a heavy blaze. I think people have these situations where they have to produce all of, all of this uh, focus and concentration. And then there's a sort of drop. And especially if they're seeking and it's fun, right? Like a firefighter, that's a different story. But, you know, for an athlete, maybe, or somebody who's in nature, they're looking for it. So it's like, you don't, they can't really, it's not like they're going to cry about it, but it's a real thing. And I, I know Laird and I've been with Laird enough times to understand that and he understands it. So he, he knows how to manage it, but literally he can go on one of these trips 
And we had an incident like this in um, November. And then he comes home and he's cool for like two, three days. And then all of a sudden he's, you know, sometimes he's like back to being frustrated about the conditions or that there's no surf or this. And I, and I, and I think to myself, Oh, I, I feel like that feels spoiled to me. Right. But I don't say anything because I, I realized that if I look at how that particular attribute comes out in all the ways in his life, how he, how he's as a husband, how he will dig a hole, how he loves his daughters, the level of honesty that he lives in. It's like, I think that's just important when you're in any relationship that we're all going to have traits that the other person has to kind of manage. But if we could give each other that room to go, yes, but it also expresses itself in so many ways that um, not only make them their magical self, but you get to enjoy and probably benefit from. And so, you know, we've had a bit of that because he, he is always like a caged animal and during COVID he is too. And, and it's not like he lives in New York city. And so he has the best of it, but you have a person who in some ways is so simple, like what they really want is to be in nature. And, and I appreciate that. So, you know, we, we've gone through that and, and um, we're sort of having some transitions too as parents. I, I think our, our oldest daughter is moving back to the state of California from Alabama. She has an incredible job. And um, so it's been interesting to watch her go through her process. And so she'll be, you know, living on her own. And now our middle daughter, who's 17, is getting ready, I think, to kind of start slowly into moving probably away and building and start to put the work into building her own life. And, um, you know, I would say from um, a growth standpoint, Reese has been so far, I don't know, sometimes it's a toss up. They all take different turns, right? Like Belle's my stepdaughter. And so there's certain things that are so easy for us, uh, even though I've been in her life since she was four months old. Um, I feel like we don't have genetic triggers, but, you know, we, but learning to be a stepmom, which really just means loving her, unconditionally and making her feel loved as if she was my own daughter. And then eight years later, Reese came along and she's been a teacher in a whole other way because we're, our sort of emotional systems are so different. She's highly empathetic. You know, I'm, I'm sort of probably more logical and, um, and I don't mean that in a good way. I just mean she really feels things deeply and has called me out on a lot of things and she said to me once, she said something to me this year that I thought was really important in the last couple of months. When she was younger, she really felt that I was disapproving of certain things. And she said, I didn't realize that that intensity that you hold yourself, that standard that I hold to myself as an adult, she was taking that on that that was a standard that I had, that I was expecting from her. And so I really had to learn, like, how do I soften that energy for my kids so they don't feel like they're doing something wrong. Um, or if I'm in work brain, and a lot of you are experiencing this now because you're at home working. And I found this really interesting is when we're in an office or we're away, we can kind of contain that energy for that environment. You know, it's like, how do we transition in and out of that energy when we're at home around our kids? Because what I've learned is I've always worked from home. And now my daughter who's older, who's able to verbalize has said, yeah, sometimes you would walk into a room and I thought 
that that energy had something to do with me. And I never realized it because I was so inside my head. And, you know, maybe you're in the middle of a negotiation or something's fall, a deal's falling apart or whatever. And it is intense. And so I, I'm always curious on how people are shifting those gears right now in COVID. And, and I'm sure you have days that you feel like you do it better. And I'm sure there's days where you're like, wow, I, I was almost like a lunatic all day long. And um, I don't know that I got to shield my kids from that. And so I, I think that's one thing I've been noticing and trying to deal with. And, and, I, and I did feel sad about Reese. Like, I know she's going to be kind of like that time is sort of, she'll be moving on. And um, when we dropped her at the airport in, on Kauai, she was going back to California. There's a really great, a great quote that I heard that was, you know, don't be sad that it's over. Just be happy or joyful that it ever happened at all. I feel like we could say that about so many things, like whether we were, you know, on a great sports team that was really victorious one season, or we got to experience working with a group of people, or we had a, a beautiful romantic relationship with somebody, or our kids were once little and then now they're big. Um, it's that whole idea of, you know, not being sad that it's over, but um, just being happy or joyful that, that it occurred at all. And, and really, life is just about change and it's always changing. And, and what I'm trying to really do is see that the change is coming and not sort of hunker down or change it, try to control it into what I want it to be. But what I'm trying to do is just move into it and lean into it and do it openly and allow it to kind of push me in whatever direction um, I'm meant to go in. And that's really hard for me to do. I can verbalize it pretty well, but I, I want to you know, own the fact that um, that is not easy for me to do. I really would like to control things. You know, you guys have heard me say, maybe I'm the counter wiper, like whatever real estate I can control. And I don't want to control people. And when I do business and stuff or work with people, I'm not a micromanager. I don't mean that. It's just, I think the way I grew up, I, by the time I think my number one thing was like, Oh, I just want stability and control, you know? And so I'm just finding more and more though, that it's just easier to embrace the change. And we're all in a transition all at the same time. You know, normally we're all going through this like different versions of our transitions, but this time, this COVID has put us all in a transition at the same time. And so I am never smart enough to give people advice, but just to share the idea of, okay, what's it going to be? And maybe if the path lights up that you're willing to go and explore, even if it's unknown or scary. And I do think if it's calculated, it's a really good time to do all those things. Like if professionally there's an opportunity like to switch or try something, I really think this is the time. But you know, so now we're kind of, I don't want to say down to one kid at home, but my youngest daughter, um, who's 12, and I'm going through a whole other thing with her because if any of you have children and you've reached this age, this is when they start to not only break away, it's like they're throwing rocks at you, right? Like I put my hand on her back and she's like, don't touch me, you know? And um, I watch her with Laird and he'll try to cuddle her. And it's just like, you know, so I think, um, and she does it, 
the most intensely of all my girls. The other girls didn't do it quite like this. So um, at first it's pretty jarring and I get my feelings hurt and I think I'm a, not a good parent because why would she treat me like that? And oh yeah, you should respect me. And you know, like I have all that stuff. And it's been going on long enough now, a few enough months. And by the way, then we're all on top of each other and to sort of accept that she needs to go through this because she's now becoming her own more individual person, breaking away, you know, from myself and from Laird and from the family. And, you know, there's a part of it that sucks. And then there's another part that's like so glorious, you know, like they come out of their room some days and they're bigger, like they're taller and they're older. And then they're using words that you never heard before. So I'm, I'm, I'm wrestling that beast to the ground. And then I always fantasize when I see other mothers and daughters, you know, that they all like want to hang out with their mom and stuff. Um, I just don't seem to be that kind of mom. And it is funny because people have this perception of our family, like, Oh, you guys are amazing parents. I don't know that we are amazing parents. I really don't. If I can be completely transparent, because also I never want to sell a bill of goods. It's like, I think Laird and I are both in our own ways, pretty, pretty difficult people. And we've managed to make it work, right? Like we took all of our weird personality traits and maybe used more of them in our favor than against us. And so people, it appears like, wow, they know some stuff and it's figured out. I can just tell you that I'm as confused or more confused as I get older. And I am questioning myself every single day about my parenting skills and I read and I try to learn and I'm open-minded and I'm still upside down. And um, I think that's what it is. And it's really uncomfortable. And that's part of the process. I had a thing with Brody the other day where, you know, I'm pretty calm and I don't lose it that often. And I think I threw a cup of water. It was a plastic cup, but it was a cup of water and I have pretty good aim. Um, There wasn't much water in it. And, um, I, you know, I was just, I lost it. She said something a certain way after I'd done like 17 back bends for her. And I was like, oh, forget it. Like, I'm done trying to please this person. And, uh, and then, of course, I felt like crap after. I think I, you know, shed a few tears, quite frankly. And I have, you know, some better skills, but they're just also different. So that by the time I develop certain skills for one of them at a time in their age, I get to the younger one. And now I don't have those skills. And now they're a changing person. And so you're always feeling like you're, you're doing catch up. And my favorite is, and I'll share with you, um, I've re-listened to the lecture on awareness by Anthony DeMello. And it is classic. It's like, I literally will go from listening to this lecture that I would highly suggest for any of you. Each chapter is like three minutes long. There's like 58. It's just, they're just very good whispers of reminders. And it'll be like, you know, you don't have to control anyone and kids are going to do what they're going to do. And you just have to be a good example. And like, you know, all of this wisdom, like, oh yeah, that's, that's speaking to me. And then literally within like 12 minutes, I have, I'm like throwing cups of water. So I always, you know, I kind of always thought that was pretty funny. Like, okay, so I'm reading this stuff and I'm learning and I'm agreeing it with it. And so like, how am I going to apply it? And that I think is if you ask me, like, what are the things I'm thinking about? It's like, how do I take this stuff that I do know to be important and good that I believe in that I feels good to me, feels right. And, um, and really apply it in the moment because you can say you want to do all this stuff and then you find yourself, uh, you know, 
with water flying across the, the living room. Well, happy new year. And what better way to celebrate the new year? I know 2020 was nutty. And we've got a great offer for you today from Sakara. Sakara is a nutrition company that focuses on overall wellness, but they really start with what you're eating. Listen, we all know what we're supposed to be doing, right? We're supposed to be getting to bed early. We're supposed to be moving somewhat. And we need to eat healthy, good foods that really, you know, not only fuel us, but give us the minerals and the nutrients and all the things that we need. And sometimes that's hard to do. So maybe if you're really either in a rhythm or you want sort of an injection of new things to do, maybe you want to change your diet, you don't want to get restrictive. You want to really nourish your body with the healthiest and most nutritious foods. And sometimes that's hard to know how to do. But with Saqqara, you're putting the best in your body so you can really feel your best. Um, what I love about this is they're organic, ready-to-eat meals made with powerful plant-based ingredients, and they're designed to boost your energy, improve your digestion. That's a big one. And, you know, that gives you so many other benefits, better sleep, your skin looks great. And importantly, because let's face it, we're not going to eat something every day if we don't really enjoy it. The menu is made from chef crafted, um, really creative. It's always changing. They've got breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and it changes weekly. That's important. So you'll never get bored. And it delivers fresh anywhere in the U.S. So for the new year, they have a wonderful offer for you. And along with delicious plant-rich meals, Sakara also offers daily wellness essentials. So if you really want to dig down and get into it, like supplements and herbal teas to support your nutrition. So you experience the power of plants as medicine because food is medicine with their best-selling metabolism super powder. It's made with organic raw cacao. Sounds good already. It works to boost energy, eliminate bloating, minimize sugar cravings, because that's a big one. How do we eat enough of the right things so we don't get these cravings and overeat? And it reduces fatigue. Let's get some of that sugar, that inflammation, and uh, let's be our best. So if you want to check it out, you can go right now. Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A.com. And if you put in either slash Gabby Reese, G-A-B-B-Y-R-E-E-C-E, or just enter the code at checkout, they will give you 20% off your first order. That's Sakara.com. S-A-K-A-R-A.com. There are a few ways that technology really can help us be our best. And we've got a new sponsor of the podcast, Whoop. And I know you've seen it. It's the fitness wearable. Let's get into what it does. It takes complex data, breaks it down, makes it simple, and tells you how you can use it. Starting with, for me, it's a best-in-class sleep tracker. So it not only tracks your sleep in depth, but it lets you know how much sleep you need so you can get to bed at the right time. I mean... We all know we're supposed to get to bed, but sometimes just having these cues and reminders is really important. And it, it'll it help you so you can recover to be your best the next day, which brings us to it'll track actually how strenuous your day is and monitors the intensity of your workouts. It even provides you with maybe some exertion goals so you can know like, hey, today I can really push it. Um, maybe it's been a long week and you've been training hard or it's been stressful and it'll let you know like, hey, you've got to pull back a little bit and avoid overtraining. And finally, it'll track how recovered your body is every day when you get up. So you already know what you're working with when you wake up each day. And you'll know like, hey, today I can really go hard. Or, you know, based on the data, I'm going to kind of back off. It's it's literally like having a personal trainer on your wrist, um, you know, for like a dollar a day. 
but with more in-depth data because it's re- it's monitoring that sleep and it's getting in there and seeing how recovered you are. It has a five-day battery and it's got an on-the-go charging. So you've got that heart rate monitoring. It's lightweight and waterproof. I love this because who can, you know, I don't want to take it off and put it on if I go pool training or I'm in the shower. Um, and it's really easy to use. They have, you know, it's like minimal design. It doesn't get in the way. The band is lightweight and stretchy. So you can adjust it comfortably to your size, but also you can move it around. When I train, I'll move mine up and down based on whatever exercise I'm doing to make it comfortable for me. So if you'd like to give a gift to somebody or a gift to yourself, Whoop has a wonderful offer for you today. Head to whoop.com. That's W-H-O-O-P.com. And if you put in the code Gabby, G-A-B-B-Y at checkout, they will give you 15% off. And what that comes with is the Whoopstrap 3.0 for free. Comes in a lot of great colors, something for everybody. And it'll, you'll get access to their app, which provides all this really helpful insight and you know, for you, on you, so you can perform your best each day. So head to Whoop, W-H-O-O-P.com and punch in Gabby for your savings. The other thing I struggle with Uh, and I've been struggling with, and I talked about in the last podcast is the electronics, you know, I, especially with my youngest girl, uh, it's just like, I said to her the other day, I go, so do you think you're going to build a life in that phone and in that computer? And like, that's how you're going to make your living. And that's where your relationships are going to be. And like, you know, da, 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 da. And she's like, maybe I will. And I know that we need nature and I know that we need real human contact. And I also know that I have no idea about these, this phone. I, I don't know how her brain's hardwired versus my brain. I know too much is too much. I know all the anonymous chiming in is not good. I know the biology that, um, that you shouldn't have that many people giving their opinion, um, that they're not supposed to be connected to so many people that they know and don't know. But I know there's a lot of you that go like, oh, I have a system in place and that shuts off. And, um, it's all of that, but it's still a deep worry for me, this thing. And it's something that I, I probably lose significant sleep over. And I think the other thing that I, I really recognized in parenting, and this is parenting children that are a little bit older. You know, one of my daughters came to me and she said, I'm going to show you something and you can't say anything. So you can't comment and you can't ask me any questions. And, you know, I guess what I want to say is that I had all these ideas about what, how I wanted it, how I wanted it for my girls. And I have really come nose to nose with this idea that it's their life. So for example, let's say they chose to get a tattoo and you as a parent would think, oh, you're a beautiful, clean body. And why would you do that? And how were you able to do that if you're not of age and whatever? But then look at their generation. And so I guess what, I, what I'm expressing is I'm now trying to move into bigger ideas. Can they contribute? Can they find something that they love? Can they connect with people? Um, because when you have younger children, at least for me, is it was all these other ideas, right? Like, their education and who they hang out with and their safety, their cleanliness. And and then all of a sudden things start to happen that you would never want for them. And you realize like, oh, that's part of it. You know, it's sort of like um, when things are hard, you know, any, anything you ever 
really experience in life is about all of it. It's about the joy and uh, the laughter and the pain and the sorrow and the confusion. And you just realize even with parenting that you're like, oh, I wouldn't make that choice for you. And that's part of it because it's their life. I could go on and on about parenting um, and I'll, I'll share books and things that I've been reading. Um, I haven't actually been reading too many parenting books. I've been reading books about how to think as a human being, which hopefully it translates into being a better person. Some things that um, I've added into my self-care life is I started doing more high-intensity workouts. I just sort of noticed that I was prepared to do that. I know a lot of you, if you're stuck inside or maybe your yard, if you're in an apartment, it's hard to do. I totally acknowledge that. But I just know that moving, and it doesn't mean moving really, really hard six days a week. I might move really, really hard three or four days a week and do something else sort of other three or two or three days a week. And then I take days off all the time. I mean, some days I wake up and I just have too much work. And I'm like, and if I know that, like the day before, I'll crush myself the day before, make sure I'm hydrated, make sure I'm managing my stress and say, okay, like Wednesday is shot. So I'm going to work out all the other days. Um, One thing I've really gotten good at is when I see that my workout is lost for the day. I know all of you have experienced that where you're in your gym clothes, you know, like you're in them all day long. That's like my uniform. And some days I'm like, no, I, I just look like I work out. I don't actually work out. But that the minute I realize, oh, my day's shot, like, okay, by the time I get done with this, and then I have that call, and then I'm going to spend time here with that person, and then dinner has got to go, I just freely accept it. Because I used to put a lot of stress and tension around that, and I think it's super unproductive. Instead, I go, okay, can I pay attention more to my nose breathing? Um, Can I be more hydrated? Well, maybe I'll tighten up my dinner. Maybe I'll eat less at dinner. Maybe I won't eat dinner at all. Um, if I, as long as I got enough nutrition at lunch, right? So it's like just strategizing as you go on the fly and not creating stress, but just saying, okay, I'm going to be adaptable. Um, you know, we talk about that in parenting, right? You know, sort of emotional, being emotionally flexible and being adaptable. And so I think it's so true to your self-care life. But I know for you guys, we're in January, days are shorter, it's colder, it's harder. So the other thing, thing that we've been talking a lot about is like, have you ever noticed like during this time of the year, it's 630, it feels like nine, maybe you're tired already. I think it's okay. You know, it's a season. And I think, you know, we're part of it. We're part of, of the nature, if you will, you know, like my kids are always like, I'm on the Google. Well, I think we're a part of the nature and, and to be kind to yourself, be smart, right? Like if you have goals, Um, My new thing is perception. So I'm always working on my perception. And then it's the practice in place. What I mean by that is we all know what we're supposed to be doing. We've got to create a practice around that to support that. Um, And that takes being honest with yourself. Uh, If you didn't listen to my PJ Nestler podcast, it's probably one or two before this one. I really encourage you because really if we can't get to that perception, like, oh, my life is good, I'm healthy, I feel fortunate. If we can't navigate how we're looking at the world that we're in, even when it's hard, I think that then we can't get there to the things that we say we want or our goals or what have you. And for some people, it comes easier. 
right? And there's people you see them, they're just naturally kind of more happy or they see the good in things. For me, I say that um, I have a couple practices that I do that when I open my eyes in the morning, I'm very clear about how I feel. Like I'll know if like, hey, I feel antisocial. And that means with my family, like I'm not ready for these people, but I own it. Like I just own it at least with myself. Um, For some of you, you can journal. I think it's important. I open my eyes. I'm clear about how I feel. I go, yo, today I might feel like I've got an abundance of patience and energy and I can, no problem. I get up and I'm ready to go. So my point is, is that I can't always get to the perception that I'm hoping I view the world with, with one of, you know, optimism and hopefulness and love and gratitude and, you know, all of it. Cause it quite frankly, never mind like the spiritual aspect. My life is better when I can do this. And I joked about this a lot. When I parented one of my daughters, I would say to her, Hey, listen, when you're polite, um, it makes people feel really good. And she'd be like, Oh, got it. I have another kid that I'd say, Hey, your life will be better if you're polite. And I'm a little bit like that. I'm a little bit like that myself. So I get up in the morning, I orient myself to what I'm feeling. And then I try to redirect myself to where I want to point to. What direction do I want to go in? Who am I trying to be, even though I fail? You know, what am I trying to put out into the world? And so I won't put my feet on the ground until I sort of make peace with that and find my way into that, even if I find my way slowly. You know, once I put my feet on the ground, that is the sign to me, the trigger, like, here we go. And so perception, practice. I have certain things in place. If I don't want to eat it, I don't have it in my house. I do take a big pause sometimes between reacting. Things can be coming at me and I will take my sweet time before I say anything. That's been really always a way I have been because I grew up in a way that um, I didn't actually have the liberty really to say too much, but it ended up being a good tool as long as you're not eating your feelings or words. So that's something I had to overcompensate. I had to, my adult life, I had to kind of go, wait a second, you're pausing too much. Now you're eating your feelings. Now you're building resentments, whatever. So now you're holding yourself back. So that fine line of creating that pause before I say too much. And it's really been amazing. I do a lot less damage (laughs) and I don't spend time, as much time in my ego. I think that's a really good gift of age and and maybe some practice. So talking about practice. So if I don't want to eat it, it's not in my house. If I have stress and I start to recognize I have these other behaviors to support getting rid of the stress versus um, for certain people, it could be like, I grab a cocktail, I grab a cookie, I smoke a cigarette. It's like, What are the practices to support you? So with the food, I think a lot of it is the pre-decision about things that I just choose not to eat. I never feel restricted because the minute you tell me I can't, I want to, I'm not different than anyone else. So I just say, yeah, I don't, I, I choose not, that's not serving me. And when I do have stress and I reach for that chocolate, um, I fully understand it. I'm clear with it. I notice it. It's conscious. I say, okay, I'm, this is where I'm at right now. And that's fine. But it's still putting in place a system to support you so you can be successful because nobody, okay, a few people, 
and they probably don't live with other people. Do that completely without thought. So it's just, just that whisper to yourself, like, hey, do you want to eat that? Is that good for you right now? And then the movement, it's scheduled like everything else. Do you think I want to train? Yeah, I want to go swimming. It's about it. Um, so I think people have to realize if you're in the camp that you feel like you're deconditioned or somewhat sedentary right now, and you're looking over at the camp that seems to be so energetic and moving and raw, they just have that system, that infrastructure in place to help them. That means they have people around them. That means they found things that are doable or bearable for them that reflect them. They go, hey, you know what? I have to work hard, but I still like it enough that I can do that. Um, it's usually scheduled. And when with that, I say, unless it is like a death or someone's stuck on the side of the road, it's scheduled like everything else. Otherwise, it's never going to get, ha- it's never going to happen. That will be the first thing that goes. Exercise will be the first thing that goes. So perspective, practice. And then the last one is that perfection is not the goal. And I say that because we put a lot of stress on ourselves. And I won't overgeneralize, but I do think it's more fem- female oriented than, than male. But I just think in general, people are harboring you know, this notion or this expectation that, oh, I'm supposed to be perfect, right? And I think it's unfair. And what I think it does is besides like suck your joy and fun is I think it, it takes your energy in a way that actually makes you somehow less productive. I think it paralyzes you, right? And people can have all the information in the world. They know how to eat. They know how to exercise. They've got a kettlebell, you know, in that extra bedroom, whatever. But if you don't first start with that perspective, the value of you and your health and your well-being, and that life is pretty good, even when it's hard, right? Byron Katie always says, you know, it could be a lot worse. And there have been moments, especially for me in parenting, a couple in business, where I'm like, try to remember, it could really be a lot worse. And so that perspective, that practice, everybody needs the scaffolding. Everybody. It's just the way it is. And I can tell you from years, I've dedicated more than 32 years of my life to trying to be healthy. And then what's my goal? Is my goal to be perfect? Is my goal to pretend to you that I'm perfect Uh, or to my children or to my friends to put forward that picture? It isn't. My goal is just to do the best that I can each day. And I end up usually doing, I kind of at least, it's like a shooting a, you know, an arrow. I'm sort of at least on the board, you know, I may not always hit the bullseye, but like with that attitude and that practice, I, I've had a lot of practice, I'm on the board and I'm, I usually hit the board at least. And some days, man, I'm close to the bullseye and every once in a while I might hit the bullseye. It's just hard to measure. How do you measure a bullseye in personal relationships? It's tricky in business and other things. Okay. Maybe there's bullseye, but that, those are less complicated. So that's how I, that's like what I've really been drilling down on in my mind about um, during COVID and, and coming into this, this new year. And, and, uh, and I'll just share with you, um, I do a morning cocktail. I wake up in the morning. I do have, and some of the stuff, listen, I'm not going to BS with you. You're too smart. Uh, I work with some of these companies, but the reason I work with them and I share them with you is because I use them, but I, I'll differentiate who I work with. So you, you know. 
Um, so for my nutrition, I wake up in the morning, I do have activate, which is a, a combination of lemon and cayenne pepper and some minerals and things. Cause we haven't had anything to drink. So before I have my coffee, I do have a alert superfood activate. Then I have the best coffee ever. Cause my husband makes it for me every single morning. I want to remind you, it's always about the small things and saying thank you to your children and to your partner and to your friends is really okay. It's, you know, Hey, thanks. Um, because it takes a lot of effort to show up every day. And when you have people in your life that are showing up every day, thank them because they'll appreciate it. And you know, if you're me, it's good for you. <laughs> so I have my coffee. I usually am a chocolate girl. It's like a chocolate, uh, the cacao creamer with a couple shots of three shots to be specific. And then what I'll do is have another glass of water and I'll tell you what I put in there. All tinctures. Uh, William Siff, he was on my podcast, told me about something called Shadavari. Um, I do not work with sh anybody who owns a Shadavari company. S-H-A-T-A-V-A-R-I. I put in liquid maca, ashwagandha. And then uh, I will take a series of vitamins one of them, I will take an omega, I will take vitamin D, I will take, so Laird, um, and we actually have it in our greens product, but Laird will drink the tar, the resin of Shilajit. If I could be honest, sometimes I just don't, I can't do it. It doesn't taste that bad. I just, I'm like, it's just one more thing. I don't want to deal with it. So Shilajit does come in capsules. And so I will take a Shilajit supplement. I do not work with a Shilajit company. I also do cycle in and out of my morning routines, True Niagen. I do work with True Niagen. I will tell you that, but I took it before I worked with them. And that has everything to do with cellular function and supporting your mitochondria and you know sustained energy. And I have really enjoyed that product sincerely. I'm not BSing you. And if I stopped working with them tomorrow, I would still take the product. Um, so that's what I'm kind of putting in there. And also in my coffee, I do have our mushroom blend, which has four types of mushroom. You can't taste it. It doesn't impact the flavor. Um, lion's mane, cordyceps, shiitake, and chaga. Um, I will share with you that Laird also has a chaga pot. Well, actually a crock pot now where he will get ground up chaga, the king of mushrooms. So I think it's like turmeric and chaga are the only things that you can sort of take every day, all year round. I think that's what Darren Olean told me. And he gets that ground chaga. I'll even tell you, I don't work with them. Uh, Z Naturals, just the letter. Uh, they have a ground chaga. He puts a cup in the crock pot, fills it up. That whole thing lasts for about two weeks. He'll add more water sort of every three days. Once it gets too watery, he dumps it out and starts the whole process again. He does that before bed. Um, if you read up on chaga mushrooms, it's pretty astounding about all the ways it supports your health. So let's be clear about mushrooms. They don't support your immune system. They support your system to function better. Okay. Um, and also for people who I had a, my editor of this podcast, actually, we we're talking about, he had a cold and I did suggest uh, oregano oil. So they do have that in pills. We joke that we do this one wellness shot in Malibu that is like garlic and silver and um, ginger and oregano oil. And we joke that if you're using garlic 
to be the thing that tastes good and ginger, you know how bad oregano oil tastes. However, pretty powerful stuff. So just to put that out there, because we are in January and beyond COVID, it, you know, it starts to become cold and flu season. And so that is what I, what I'm doing. If a lot of people ask me about my skincare line. I keep it really simple. I wash my face with a Japanese soap. I don't work with the Japanese soap company. I don't work with any of these companies, actually, you know, things that don't have too many detergents in them. I also use a skincare line called Radical. It's a moisturizer. It looks like it's a mud color. What I have been told and taught is that if you use a moisturizer that is cold cream based, so white, it generally isn't that great. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't creams out there that aren't white, that aren't great for you with great ingredients, but typically um, it seems to be the case. So I use Radical. I use castor oil on my eyebrows because my, you know, just try to keep them going. And that's about it. Laird will brush his teeth. He likes a brand called Valida and Dr. Burns. Again, I don't work with any of those guys. Uh, Just to share with you some podcasts that I've been really enjoying, you know, of course, who isn't been loving, you know, Joe Rogan always has so many informative guests, but through him, I learned about Eric Weinstein. So I started listening to the portal. Um, I listened to a pretty interesting one that he did with Dennis Murray. And then Dennis Murray, uh, I did listen to his book called The Madness of Crowds. It was interesting. It's probably not for everybody. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I also enjoyed the awareness lecture I told you about. I did enjoy The Courage to be Disliked, which is about uh, the Alfred Adler psychology where if I could break it down, it's like if Freud talks about it's your mother and your father that Adler talks about it's your lifestyle. So that goes back to choices. Uh, And I would much rather feel that than, um, than like I'm doomed to, I'm already, you know, like genetics. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't discount the power of genetics. However, I do think we can certainly switch things on and off, you know, our epigenetics Um, But also, I think we can make really different choices, even the choices that we used to make, right? I think I have the opportunity at this time in my life to to respond differently. And uh, that's really like a powerful practice. I think sometimes, and I've gone through this where I want to show, I want to exert my will or my strength over somebody. And uh, now lately, I think in the last sort of six, seven years, I'm like, well, wait a second, maybe I could approach this with love. And maybe I don't have to be right. And maybe I could give them the space to feel however they're feeling and not put them on blast or, you know, show them the 17.3 ways in which they're wrong. Cause I could really get into that and I have really do my best to, to move away from that. You know, other podcasts, Tim Ferriss, I will say a guilty pleasure. Um, I have a friend, Whitney Cummings, and she had, she has like a super fun podcast called Bunga Bunga. <laughs> the Wondra podcast. Uh, Again, that's a guilty pleasure. And some other things that I've discovered is a brand. This one I do work with. So I want to, again, be transparent. Newcom. And all it is, it's really simple, is a non-pharmaceutical, you know, you don't take it. It's a, it's a, Uh, an app where you listen, they have different programs, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, even one that's almost two hours that can help you, you put a mask on and you sort of just take it in the middle of the day. Maybe if you didn't have good night's sleep or you don't feel well well rested. And this has always been 
my thing is how do I find that good sleep? It's really hard for me. Um, and so I started, you should check this out. It's cool. You just can go to their website. Uh, new calm is spelled uh, just with N U calm. And uh, they have some really uh, interesting science backed, not just woo woo uh, um, on this program that you can put your mask on and just kind of go and listen to whichever one you choose. There's three um, with different lengths depending on what you want. They do even say that there's people who um, not only feel recharged, some people, they reduce their stress and there's creatives. And this could be really important if you're stuck at home who feel like it sort of ramps up the, the creative juices, if you will. But, um, you know, I will say that, again, I've always been reluctant to do these ones by myself because who am I to, invade your airspace for this long. And I guess I do this podcast because I really like to learn and uh, I'm trying to stay open-minded. I think I have been pretty successful in certain ways. And that is dangerous because you just think that that's going to work all the time and forever. And it just doesn't. And you got to keep, you know, growing and, and keeping an open mind and, and, um, and expanding and, and not becoming out of touch. And I will also share that we did, you know, I talk a lot about being very blue collar. Like I'm not actually that comfortable with, you know, like an overabundance and all this stuff, but I think that can hold you back. And Laird said to me, you know, really uh, money or whatever. It's, it's just a representation of like, if the idea was in this case, we're talking, I'm talking about Laird Superfood. Like if, if the idea is going to work for more people and things like that, so um, I will share with you, um, and then I'll wrap it up. We took Laird Superfood public this year at the end of September. And let me be really clear. The business is five years old. It was created completely off of a genuine habit that Laird had. Laird has been fascinated by coffee forever, as long as I've known him. And then Paul Check, 17 years ago, gave him ghee in his coffee. So then he was like, Oh, wait a second. I can go longer for him. Right. It's all about surfing. Um, I can go out for, instead of three hours, I can go out for five or six and um, yes, energy for the body, but now fat for the brain and so forth. And then we have a friend, Paul Hodge, who was an, is an entrepreneur. He had created many other businesses. Some failed, some succeeded. And um, we were working with him, him and Larry were working on another business together and Larry used to give him his coffee concoctions. And then Paul went back to his house, maybe a couple years after knowing Laird and thought, and he said to Laird, do you mind if I try to turn this into a powder? And I kid you not, that is genuinely how Laird Superfood started. And what I want to say is all of the people who then came on board, um, we had a marketing person, Luan Pham, who came from Condé Nast, who took a chance on us. Tom Weatherall, who came in and, and helped us on the financial side, not only investing, but also he has an extensive experience in this area. And then, you know, later, uh, Valerie Ells, our CFO. So it's just a series of people that came to this business because what I am so clear with going public is that it took all of, all of these people, right? And we typically would have gone on what's called a roadshow, which is like you go and, you know, talk to all these financial groups and pitch your company and, you know, grow strategy and your LTV and if you're vertically integrated and on and on. And, um, you know, we did everything on Zoom. So it was kind of far out. In some ways, we were so fortunate because it's like you're sitting there. We did 30 on one week. 
with our CFO and our CEO, Paul and Valerie, we did 35 one-hour Zooms. So it was seven a day. And we were so productive. You're sitting there with like your grown-up shirt on, but you have like your barefoot and sweatpants. And Laird and I are sitting like one inch from each other each day. But it was just so clear that we have worked a lot of years and we have had a lot of businesses that um, they didn't go anywhere. And so um, if maybe you're in the middle of starting something new or you're in the middle of doing something, I think it's making sure you have the right people around you, that you're objective enough about your idea so that you can look at it in that way to make sure it's for more than just, you know, you and your three friends. And that the reminder that it's so much about timing, you know, if we're not that smart. And so on this one are the timing, you know, the, the gods definitely were in our favor. And so I, I just want to share that experience with you because, uh, you know, it was pretty, pretty far out to take a company public. And I don't mean like you work with a company and you go and ring the bell. I mean, like you start the company and you're talking about colors of bags and logos. And before you know it, um, you know, you have people a lot smarter than you giving you their input. Um, and that's actually really important too, which is to be able to let go of control, right? Like you get your things to a certain place. And if you're really going to be successful, you can't try to control everything. And so that has really, really been evident during this process and to value uh, when you have people around you that are on this same page and mission as you that you respect that are, are good at because this is unusual. So, you know, believe in yourself and, and, um, and you know, like, why not? When Larry was a little kid, his teacher said to him, like, you know, you won't be able to eat your surfboard. And uh, there's a very famous surfer named Jerry Lopez. And when all this happened, Laird has been friends with Jerry his whole life since he was a little boy. Jerry's a little bit older. And uh, he's just a beautiful surfer and man and very wise person. And Laird said, from Waineha, which is where Laird grew up in Kauai, and they call that area deep country. I mean, I'm talking like, you know, with an outhouse. And he said to Jerry, you know, from Waineha to Wall Street, and Laird jumped out of school in 11th grade, you know, um, and Jerry said, yeah, it's a crooked path. So I, I'm only sharing that story because I think sometimes we, ha- we think it has to be a certain way and we have to follow all these rules. And I, I don't know that that's so true. I think certain things are always in place, right? Like good ideas are good ideas and hard work is always going to be part of the deal. But how we get there might be unconventional and, and true to who we are in our path. And, and so sometimes that's wildly uncomfortable and, and like, you just don't know, but then it's like a representation of you and your life. And uh, for me at the end, that is a success. I mean, the wall street thing is a really cool confirmation, but the fact that it was done the way that was like a representation for real, that for me was a success. So With that, I just wanted to say to all of you, I appreciate you listening and um, giving me your time. And I will always, you know, really covet your feedback. If you have people you want me to talk to, send me your feedback. I am listening and I'm trying my best to um, make sure I, you know, pay attention. And I think it's going to be several more months through 2021 until things maybe start to iron out a little bit. And I just want to encourage all of you to get that perception and perspective and that practice in place and honor yourself 
and take care of your health. And if, you know, with the people in your life, love them to the best of your ability. And um, because at the end, I feel like that's it, like health and love. Like, I don't know what else there really is. Like, I just, it keeps coming back to that for me. And in this practice of exercise and eating, you realize that self-care and health is so much about your spirit and about growth and about openness and kindness. And um, I'm going to keep doing that. So I send you all my best and I'm listening. Thanks so much for listening. And if you'd like, rate, subscribe, and leave us a review. All of my music was graciously done by Frank Zumo and Tom Thacker. If you want to see some of the behind the scenes action, just follow me at Gabby Reese. And remember, don't miss new episodes every Monday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.